Um, today, I'm going to just talk a little bit um, about fishing the abundant life um, and kind of um, hopefully my thought is to encourage us to, to kind of follow God's will in our lives. Um, and for, for the text, I want to go to the, the part of Christ's life after the resurrection. And we find that he told the disciples that they were to go into Galilee and then he would meet them there. And if we look at Mark 16, uh, verses 6 and 7, um, it was the angel that gave the instruction. And then in Matthew 28, it was Jesus that actually told the women to go tell the disciples. Um, so either way, the instructions were given that they were to meet Jesus in Galilee. And if we move over to John 21, which is what I'm going to use for the basic basis of the text today, um, we give the account or we see the account of what happens. Um, as we look at the scripture, we need to understand that, that this is really kind of a turning point for the disciples. Um, they um, Christ had taught them what to do for three years. Um, they, um, he had been trying to tell them that he was getting ready to leave. Um, and, and they, they almost, it seems like they didn't really know what they were going to do and what they did, what, what to do with Christ leaving. And in John 21, verses 1 to 3, we read this. It says, after these things, Jesus himself again, shoot himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise shoot he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Cana of Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. And Simon Peter saith unto them, I go fishing. And they say unto him, we also go with thee. And they went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. So we're not told how long they'd been waiting there in Galilee, but we see that Peter um, became pretty impatient with the situation. Things weren't happening at the speed, obviously, that he wanted. And he went back to what he knew. He went back to fishing. Um, the other disciples that were there simply followed his leadership, and we don't find that they put up much of an argument. They, they went along, they went willingly um, back to their old life and back to what they knew. Um, at the end of verse uh, 2, we find that they caught nothing that night, and there's, there seems to be emphasis here put on the fact that, you know, these were professional fishermen. Um, they spent, you know, years fishing the Sea of Galilee. They were used to catching fish as part of their livelihood. Um, you know, recently we spent a week in Florida in the Keys and the boys wanted to go fishing. So we did. And we hired a guide because we'd never fished those waters and we wanted to catch something. And, you know, having a professional along doesn't guarantee that you're going to catch it. Um, but in, in this case, these, this was not novices. These were guys that really knew what they were doing and they caught nothing that night. Um, I don't know if you've ever spent time or spent several hours in a boat when you're not catching anything, but you got lots of time to think. And the disciples had a chance to kind of contemplate, I believe, what, what Christ had taught them. And this remembrance kind of gave them the, op the option is, did they want to go back to this old life or did they want the new life that Christ offered? Um, but we're not really told what, what they were going through. But I have to imagine the longer the night went, the questions became more pressing, is what, what did they want to be? Um, and we know the whole story, so we know they were fishing on the temporal side of the boat. They don't, weren't catching anything because God had a purpose in this. Um, but in verses uh, four and five, we pick the story up and it says, when morning was come, Jesus stood on the shore and the disciples didn't know, knew not that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, children, have you any meat? Now, this question is kind of normal. Um, when you think of fishing, it's common, you know, walk up to somebody and say, well, what have you caught? How's it going? Um, and for a professional fisherman to say, I haven't caught anything, that's kind of an embarrassing point. It can't be a comfortable place to be. Um, and then the man on the shore gives this unsolicited advice. He tells them that they're fishing on the wrong side of the boat. Um, and I, I have to imagine that that wasn't something they took very well at that time. Um, 
And so they, they did, we find out the reaction. They, 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 they went ahead and did whatever this guy on the shore was telling them. Um, they had to, again, been questioning it. Um, and it was probably done. I have to imagine if they're anything like me, they did it in resignation or it's like, well, let's give it one more try. What do we got to lose? We, we haven't caught anything at all. And we see what happened is not only did they catch fish, they caught so many, they couldn't draw the net into the boat. Um, and Christ commanded them, uh, Christ had commanded the cast on the other side of the boat. And that was where they caught an abundance. That was the, the spiritual side. It was a side that had life. Um, and here was, was really the abundant fishing of life. And they, they immediately, or John immediately recognizes that the man on the shore is Jesus. And in verse seven, we said, we find that it says, therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. And Peter immediately leaves the fish fishing and jumps into the water and goes to the shore to see Jesus. And the rest of the disciples seem to come in a more ordered manner. But as soon as they got to shore, it, it's like they forgot about the catch. And Christ sent them back. Their, their attention was so focused on them that Christ sent them back. And Jesus said to them, bring the fish that you've caught. He had to remind them, is, well, go back to what, what you just caught, trying to teach them that lesson. Um, so Christ sends them back. And in verse 11, we, they draw in the net and we're, they count that specific number. And we find there's 153 fish there. Um, this must have been a record catch. And it was really noted there in the scripture that even in this, the net wasn't broken. So the disciples recognized that this was a great miracle. Um, and it seems like it was here that they got it. They, they needed to be done with the old life. They needed to move on. Um, and they, they seemingly kind of walked away from that great catch, realizing that life was really only in Jesus. So the question for us is, is what, are we trying to serve ourselves and God? Are we doing all this God's way? I don't know. Maybe we're like Peter. He didn't quite get it. Because if we go on in verses 18 and 19, we find that Christ goes through this progression of asking Peter, you know, do you love me? And, and that he should feed his sheep. Um, and it seems like Christ wanted Peter to, to willingly come, willingly follow, and not just do it because it was, um, you're going to catch fish, and to do it, again, maybe I should say for the right reasons. Um, you know, Peter seemed to have this desire early on, but it seems like somewhere in the path between when he became a disciple and when Christ was crucified, he sort of lost this desire. In verses 20 and 21, we, we find the discourse continues, and Peter kind of feels like he's been singled out. Um, I don't know if you've ever felt like that, but sometimes I feel like God's put me on the spot, and he's really pointing me to look at myself. And, and it says, Peter turning about, see if the disciple whom Jesus loved following, and also leaned at his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? And Peter seeing him say, Lord, what shall this man do? You know, Peter was really saying, why are you singling me out? I mean, what about everybody else? Um, they did the same thing I did. They went fishing too. I mean, why, why are you pointing on me? And Jesus' response in that gentle manner that he always had is in verse 22, if I will, that he tarry till I come, what's that to thee? Just follow me. Just do what I ask. And Jesus is really saying that, saying what difference does it make what others do? The only thing we can do with others is support them in their calling. Um, but we have to let God take care of that instruction and admonition. Uh, later, we find the story in the Acts of Paul. Paul thinks he's doing God's will. He's all in. He's, he's doing exactly what God needs him, only to find out that he's fishing on the wrong side of the boat, too, and there's another place that God wants him. So I guess when we kind of wrap this up, my thought is, what is it that God's called each of us to do? Obviously, we're here, we're here to pray. I mean, we, many of us gather um, pretty much every day, and we wouldn't do that if we didn't feel the calling. 
Um, that, that wears out pretty quick. So God's called us to that. But what else is on his list for us? Is it just to pray? Has he called us to preach? Has he called us to disciple, to teach? Or maybe the hard part for me is sometimes he calls me to wait. Um, you, you fill that blank in. I don't, I don't know what he's called each of you to do, but whatever it is, let's do it. I guess my encouragement is let's do it in obedience and with complete dedication to his calling. You know, we can try to go fish our way. We can try to do what we think God wants us to do. And we're going to come up empty. We're going to get frustrated. Things aren't going to work right. But when we fish Jesus's way, he blesses, he blesses us so abundantly that we can't bring in the catch. 